back home. What an amazing gift you have given us through your word. I just had a wonderful conversation last night, Lord, as we held you there as I was reading your word and just feeling your presence, God. I just, I, I pray that as we leave tonight, that you just give us your peace and your fellowship and your peace. Lord, we say we praise you because you are worthy of our worship. And we thank you, Christ, that you give us voice and give us followers that will listen to your voice. We pray, Lord, that you would be known, understood,
looks like. I'm going to spend a lot of time with the Holy Spirit, but in the beginning, I'm going to share with you what he's trying to tell us through this. First John chapter 2, 12 through 14. It's three verses. All I'm covering today, three verses. But I want you guys to see what this passage is going to teach us. I want to let the Holy Spirit teach us through this passage. So let's look at it together. First John chapter 2, 12 through 14. Again, John is writing to these people that they've been having issues with the Gnostic doctrine of Mary. There's only, my, my character doesn't reflect my virtues. So what I do doesn't really matter. That's what they teach here. And he's telling them, uh, no, it does matter. Bear with me for a moment here. They're also teaching that only a select few know how to understand the Word of God. Everyone else needs to just listen to what I have to say because I'm the leader. That's how arrogant the Gnostic people were. And John is saying to them, oh, step back. Let me help you guys out here. He says this, verse 12, I'm writing to you, little children, love and affection towards you, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake.
this all the time. What you guys need to know is that you need to let go of it. Father God, we thank you for your word. Oh, Lord, we thank you for your word. Let the word drive us and lead us and guide us. Because you guys preach the truth. You know what? I challenge the message that God gives us that I'm supposed to live by, that I'm supposed to understand and know myself as an individual. These aren't mine to give in the sense of, I didn't write this down. God gave it to me and said, this is how you are to live. The guy who created the whole universe, who fine-tuned us perfectly so that we could have a relationship with him, that guy, that God, told us what we are to do. If you don't like it, the beauty of the God that I serve says, no problem. No problem. I'm not going to force you into my presence because I love you too much. But I will hold you accountable because I've given you the rules to live by, the ways to love others well. And if you don't want to follow those, no problem. I'm not going to push you into my presence. doesn't need me. He wants me. I learned that from a guy children on Sunday nights. Jesus doesn't need me. He wants me. God doesn't need me. He wants me. That's a great, that's a perfect question for you. The God of the universe doesn't give us rules. He wants us. He doesn't create us. He doesn't love us. shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own Spirit 
there's a pastor in this area that was teaching a message that the Holy Spirit isn't in the people until you are baptized with the Holy Spirit and start speaking in tongues. Very big megachurch around here. Not going to name names, I'm just telling you. This pastor said the only way to have the Holy Spirit is that you speak in tongues. That's how we know there's evidence you have the Holy Spirit. I don't see that in here. Can you explain that to me? Not willing to argue with me. Nope. There's too many people in the world today that are trying to lead you astray of who God is. Let the Word do the work for you. That's all you need to know. I don't really need to be up here telling you what it does. The Holy Spirit is inside of us telling us. But I'm online, and there's people that listen online, and I love being able to reach multitudes of people with the truth of God's Word. Not what I say.
because of that sacrifice, our sin can forgive and we're His namesake. That's what God's calling us to do today. That's what we need to do as like a special week in His life. Because it's still true for us today. Verse 13, I am writing to you, fathers, because you know Him who is from the beginning. Interesting. Just like I read in John's Gospel, in the Good News book, Jesus is in the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and then created everything on, in, and around the earth, including humankind. Male and female. He made everything in the book of Genesis, and God tells us He made all of this. And afterwards, He says in Genesis 1.26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fishes of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, and over all the earth, and every creepy thing that's, that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, and God blessed them. He said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fishes of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God created man in our image, is what he says. This is the plurality of God. This is the Trinity, the three persons, one essence. This is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They made us, mankind. Do you know what the word man is in Hebrew? Adam. letter to that we're able to know him from the beginning. Because he's the creator. And since we know that God's from the beginning, we need to teach these truths to our children. As fathers, that's our job. We need to spend time with our kids. Proverbs 22.6 Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. That's my goal for my children.
does that mean? What, what does that mean? I've overcome the evil one. I struggle with this one. How have I overcome the evil one? Well, it's interesting. Paul tells us in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20 this. Verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand Circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So I put on the armor of God and take up the whole armor of God. That's what prayer is. It's an action of loving God with everything we have and do. We have the action of doing it. Then we're ambassadors to Christ and the mystery of the gospel or good news. And we need to declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Overcoming Satan, the devil, and his ways. It's putting on the full armor of God. Are we doing it? Are we speaking boldly the truth in the lives of others that we love? Are we showing those things to each other? And the neighbors, and our co-workers, and our classmates,
Jesus and the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you did not believe me. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. Trust 
received and trusted in, Jesus Christ, in him, you were sealed. That word in Greek is sealed up, marked with, attested to having. You're certified to having that seal. You're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. You're not living inside of you. We're filled with the Holy Spirit when we believe in Jesus Christ and His work of salvation for us on the cross. And we now have God living inside of us and helping guide us.
says to me after that series, what do you like to eat? I said, oh, I just don't know what to tell you. I go, look at all the scar tissue from here down to here. You go from eating like three years ago. I said, no, those are called growing pains, if you ask my parents. They didn't know. It's all a big joke in my family. I broke my wrist. You ask my wife right now, I never broke my wrist. You ask anyone in my family, Chris never broke his wrist. Running joke is, you never broke your wrist. And I've said, I want to go to the hospital just to get the x-rays to prove to you I broke my wrist. No one remembers it. My mom's like, I told you that already? Yes, Mom. Broke my wrist, painstaking, diving to try and do a volleyball dig in the sand, and I broke my wrist. They don't remember that. No one does. Gentleness is uh, a lot of things I struggle with from time to time is learning how not to be like sucked up and